Hi, we're the Denver Broncos cheerleaders, and you're listening to Sports Crunch with Decrom. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever or whenever you fancy getting started. This is Sports Crunch with Decrom. I'm your host, David Cromwell. Today is the grand finale of our 2023 Beyond the Chap series with the Denver Broncos cheerleaders. And all I can say is that our featured guest for this show is going to help us conclude this year's series on the highest, most inspiring note possible. Mary Kate is in a rookie season as a Denver Broncos cheerleader. Originally from California, she attended the University of Mississippi, better known as Ole Miss, and by the way, hottie toddy. And shortly after graduating, she began her pro-cheer dance career as a member of the Dallas Stars Ice Girls. When she's not on the sidelines or representing the Broncos in the community, Mary-Kate works full-time as a middle school social studies teacher. Above all, what inspires me the most about her is how she endured an avalanche, and I mean an avalanche, of obstacles on the hard path of achieving her dream of becoming a DBC. Shortly after she moved to Colorado a few years ago, she auditioned for the team and was a finalist in both 2021 and in 2022. After not hearing her name called both years, self-doubt inevitably crept in, but no matter how bad it got, she just refused to give in and refused to give up. Instead. She got up, worked harder than ever before, and her dream finally came true. Mary-Kate, your life story is truly a powerful example on how to overcome the utmost of adversity. You are an absolute inspiration to me, and it truly is the highest honor and greatest pleasure to have you with us today. How are you? I'm great. That was such a nice introduction. Thank you. (laughs) I'm excited to be here. You're very welcome. We're excited to have you here as well. And uh, continuing on that theme for a moment, after not making the final cut for a second straight year in 2022, just how much doubt did you have about this dream ever coming true? I don't know if doubt is the word I would necessarily use to describe it, but I definitely had a, um, I think I had the wrong mindset those first two years. Um, and so I think what really made the difference for me when I made the decision to do it again, the third year was changing that mindset. Um, and I think it was that, you know, everyone who auditions really, really wants to be on this team and it's a big goal and we all work really hard for it. Um, but I think the mistake that I made was that my sense of self was really reliant on the outcome of that audition. And when you rely on one thing in your life to determine whether or not you think that you're worthy, um, that can be very crushing. So um, I realized after the second year not making it and how hard that was for me that I had been approaching it the wrong way. So um, when I finally did make the decision to come back and and go forward a third year, I, I went from the approach of I'm here to have fun. I'm here to not have any regrets. Um, and I really spent that year focusing on my life outside of DBC so that I could be the most well-rounded person possible. And so that if I didn't hear my name a third time, it wasn't going to hurt as bad because my sense of self wasn't rooted in whether or not I made the team. It was rooted in my um, career and status as a teacher and knowing that I'm a person who doesn't give up. And I had a lot of self-worth that third year. And I knew that no matter what happened, um, I was going to come out and be okay. And I think that that actually made a really big difference in the, in the outcome that year. Oh, Mary Kate, that is absolutely 
an amazing, amazing, amazing life lesson. I can relate to that because uh, like when I was in college, my thoughts were like, if I don't become a successful uh, professional musician, that I'm a failure, that I suck and, and seeing my friends do what they're doing, uh, uh, that makes me uh, less worthy. Uh, thank God uh, those thoughts are long, long, long gone. I could definitely, definitely uh, feel what you definitely experienced there. But how were you able to overcome that uh, mental hurdle in uh, changing that mindset? I think it came from taking a step back, to be honest. Um, so the first year I didn't make it, I jumped right in right away and I was laser focused. My whole life revolved around it. So after that second year, I think overcoming that mental hurdle actually required me to remove myself from it and um, focus on uh, that was the year that I got my teaching credential and focus on school and focus on work um, and focus on teaching dance at the dance studio and kind of rebuilding my love of dance outside of the world of DBC to where I could remind myself why I loved it so much and why I even wanted to do it in the first place. And I think once I got to a place where I was at peace with myself um, and I remembered why I love to dance so much, that was when I was able to, to kind of decide, okay, you know what, I think I think I'm at a place where I'm healthy enough mentally that I could do this. Um, and then another couple people who played a really big role in that as well are uh, my teammate Shari um, and then former DBC and one of my really good friends, Liz Tamlin, um, who I believe, you know, yeah, um, both of them made the team on their third try. And um, I had a little small get together for my birthday last year and they were both there and they had been asking me about it. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm kind of waiting to decide. I'm, I'm focusing on other things right now, just so I can get to a place where I'm making that decision from a place of, is this the direction I want my life to go? As opposed to making a decision based on how not making it made me feel. Um, and they both said, take as much time as you need. But, you know, we made it on the third try. And I think that that third time is sometimes what it takes to get to a, a point where you can get past those initial um, trials and tribulations and really realize who you are and, and feel confident in what you have to bring and maybe lower the anxiety a bit. Um, and so I listened to them and I was like, well, you know, it's not impossible. A lot of people make it on the third try. And um, so maybe I'll do that too. Thank you once again for those incredible uh, tips, Mary Kate. Like if you really want to achieve something, you have to uh, like be well-rounded and have other interests uh, in life as well. So it doesn't feel like the end of the world if you don't achieve uh, that goal, so to say. Thank you again. And uh, as we mentioned in the intro, your previous pro sports cheer dance gig was with the Dallas Stars Ice Girls in the NHL. What was that experience like? That experience was truly a once in a lifetime experience. Um, I auditioned as just a dancer and I made the team as a dancer, but on the Dallas Stars Ice Girl, everyone is required to do both dancing and skating at every practice um, and even at games. So we would have an hour and a half to two hours of dance rehearsal, and then we would put on our skates and hit the ice. Um, and we had a skating coach as well, um, which I learned a new skill. Um, and I'm very proud of my abilities in skating. That was something I didn't think I would be capable of doing, especially not doing at the professional level. Um, but that one, it's it's the dance aspect and the cheerleading aspect. But then also you have a very important job to do clearing the ice um, because 
that is a regulation of the NHL is that that snow needs to be cleared off. And if um, a puck doesn't go into the net because there was a clump of snow that you missed when you were clearing it, that's on you. Um, so there was a big opportunity to impact uh, the team and the game in a way that was um, extra important uh, in addition to our duties as raising spirit and morale on top of that. So it was yeah. a lot. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And what in your mind, aside from the ice, distinguishes right. the atmosphere at an NHL game uh, from those of the other three major sports leagues in North America? Uh Hockey moves fast. Oh, yeah. Uh, think about them being, I mean, you're on skates instead of on your feet. And, and some of these professional players can skate as fast as 40 miles an hour. So uh, it moves very quickly. The puck is not very big. And so you really, really have to be paying attention to know what's going on or you'll miss a penalty or you'll not even know where the puck is anymore because everything happens so rapidly. Um, whereas in a lot of other major sports, there are, there are breaks, right? In basketball, if they if there's a penalty, then there's a penalty shot and you kind of pause the game for them to shoot those free throws. And in football, in between every play, they pause the game clock and reset. In baseball, there's a lot of resetting. Um, in hockey, there's not. If there's a penalty, they just get pulled into the penalty box and everyone keeps playing. Um, also in hockey, one thing that really kind of shocked me um, when I first started going to games more frequently was the fights. Um, in most sports leagues, if you get into a physical altercation with another player, you'll get ejected from the game. Um, but in hockey, you just get a five minute penalty and you both sit in the box for five minutes and then you come back out. Like it's, it's sort of a, a part of the experience and of the game. Um, and that was very surprising to me the first time. Um, so it makes for a very different atmosphere, uh, how quickly things move, no downtime. You got to always be paying attention, always be on your toes. And then um, it's definitely a little more violent, I would say, than probably the other sports. You said it. Hockey is easily the fastest of all the uh, four major sports uh, in North America. And uh, especially when it comes to like the playoffs and the Stanley Cup, uh, like knowing how literally fast things could change in a hockey game compared to a football game and they could change fast in a football game, believe me, but uh, in a hockey game, uh, it only takes a nanosecond for momentum to change. And uh, that's all there is to it. And that's what makes hockey a very, very, very fascinating sport uh, to watch. And even though you weren't a DBC the previous two seasons, you were still on the field on game days as a member of the Broncos Orange Rush flag crew. Did that experience help at all in your quest to wear the chaps? And if so, how? I think it did. Um, I don't think it necessarily gave me an advantage um, as far as my position with the team. But what it did do for me is it, I was on the field every game and I had my dream right in front of me. And it it's so much easier not to give up um, when you see it every week. If you have a goal, but you can kind of push it out of your mind and it's not in the forefront, it's easy to kind of forget and give up and move on. But when you're constantly seeing it every week, um, I think that helped increase my drive and my determination to want to make the team. Um, and it also helped me with my style because every week I saw the DBC perform, doing their sidelines, doing their pregame performance, their tunnel entrance, their um, quarter break dances, everything that the DBC does. Um, I got a first front row seat to see it. 
And I think that my style as a dancer uh, really improved from getting to see that so often. Um, so I think that really helped me as well. But the main reason why I had auditioned for the Orange Rush in the first place was as much as my dream primarily was to be a DBC, I just wanted to be on the sidelines for the Broncos. And I wanted to be part of the game day entertainment uh, atmosphere. And this team really gave me the opportunity to do that and feel like I was a part of something so much bigger than myself um, that I would not have had if I if I hadn't gone for it. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it definitely helped me personally. Um, and then as a DBC now, um, I think it also helped a lot as well because I'm very comfortable with the stadium and I know how the game goes because I've seen it so many times, the standing in your corners and rotating every quarter and where you are for the quarter breaks and where you are for the touchdown celebration dance and all of those things. Um, most rookies, it's it's over, it can be overwhelming if you haven't seen it or witnessed it before. Um, whereas I feel very comfortable having seen it so many times that I always know what's coming and that that really helps a lot. Oh, absolutely. And uh, that's another thing the former musician in me can relate to is how you like definitely absorb things through osmosis. And uh, that experience these past few years definitely helped you do uh, exactly that, Mary Kate. And uh, two interesting things that really stand about you is that you've lived in many places and that you like to travel. Other than Colorado, what would you say was the best place you ever lived? Ooh. So yeah, number one is definitely Colorado. I think I'll be here forever. Um, but I think my second favorite place I've lived, um, was my first two years that I was in San Diego. I had an apartment right on the beach. Um, I was one block away from the ocean. And so in the morning before work, or when I got home after work, um, I would go on my runs around mission Bay and on the boardwalk on the beach. Uh, and that was really motivating for my running <laughs> because I mean, who doesn't want to run on the beach every day? So I loved that. I loved the weather there um, and the people there. I have some really great friends in California and San Diego too. So I would say that's probably my second favorite place that I've ever lived. Yeah. And uh, speaking of San Diego, why did the NFL take the Chargers away from them? I just will never, 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 never know. I don't think anyone's going to ever know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and people in San Diego are still very upset about that. So um, sure. it's a conversation topic that's a bit of a sore subject, so it doesn't come up very often. <laughs> Absolutely. And what would you say was the best place you've ever traveled? Ooh, best place I've ever traveled. I think my favorite place to travel to um, is probably Gothenburg, Sweden, and that's because my husband is from there. And so whenever we travel there, I feel like a local. Uh, I'm learning Swedish. And when we're there, I get to practice with people who speak it. And um, in the summers when we go, the sun is up really early and stays up really late. So there's lots of time to get out and do things. Um, so I really enjoy traveling to Sweden. It's also very clean which is nice. <laughs> Definitely a lot of things to love about Sweden indeed. And uh, my folks uh, went there about uh, 12 years ago and my dad was so enamored. He came home and called himself Sven for crying out loud. That's how much he loved being uh, in Sweden. And uh, moving right along here, I cannot stress enough on the series that being an NFL cheerleader, as demanding as it is, it's still just a part-time job. And as mm -hmm. we alluded to earlier, you are one of several teachers on this year's Denver Broncos cheerleader team. And your area of expertise, social studies, is a very fitting subject for what's going on in the world today. To put it bluntly, as you know, 
This is a very scary moment we're all going through as America and the world in general are in the middle of what portends to be a long, brutal battle between democracy and autocracy. Do you view your job of being a social studies and history teacher as an extra important task given the times we're living in right now? So I think, um, and this is actually something we've spoken about in my class this first week of school is the importance of an education in history specifically. Um, I think it's always been important. I think it's gonna continue to be important forever. Um, and some of the things that we discussed that are important about having an education in history um, are that it teaches you critical thinking skills, the ability to absorb as much information as you can get your hands on, looking at each piece putting that together and developing your own ideas and opinions around that. Um, in my class, we work a lot on formulating an opinion, but being able to explain that. Um, so I'll, we'll do a lot of assignments where there's no wrong answer, but you have to pick a side. And not only do you have to pick that side, but you need to be able to tell me and argue why your side is correct. Um, and I think that makes for really good citizens because eventually my students will be old enough that they can vote and you don't want to just vote for who your friend's voting for because then you're giving your friend two votes and you're not really having any. Um, but if you're looking at all of your options and really deciding what matters to you and you're in a place where you can articulate that, then you're going to be a better citizen um, and your vote is really going to count for you and what you believe in. Um, so critical thinking, I think, is one of the most important things that we learn. But also in order to understand current events, whatever that may be, it could be the war in Ukraine, for example, um, a lot of times it can be really easy to um, avoid or ignore things that are going on in the world. But having an understanding of the history behind those things, um, the Soviet Union, the Cold War, everything that happened leading up to this moment will help you better understand um, the enormity of, of events or why those events or those tensions have arisen and again make you a better member of society because you can understand the mistakes of the past and avoid making those same mistakes in the future um so it is really important to understand where we come from and why and do that in a balanced way um because it, it really does make you the most educated informed person and if you're educated about your past then you're not as necessarily doomed to repeat it so um, yeah, I think social studies is super important, but I think it always has been, and I think it will always, always be. Oh, you couldn't have said it any better, Mary-Kate. Uh, history has always been important, but it's even more prescient uh, given the times we're in uh, right now. And uh, it's been uh, since April, since your dream of becoming a DBC uh, finally came true. So my question here is, what has been the most memorable experience you've had as a DBC thus far? And has it officially sunk in that your dream has finally come true? Ooh, that one's hard. Because I feel like um, for me, having sort of felt on the outside the last couple of years and watching so many things happen, every moment is a pinch me moment, whether it's our photo shoot in the mountains or junior DBC, which I really love doing or any practice. Um, I think for me, maybe the most impactful moment so far um, was actually our very first field rehearsal that we just had last week. Um, it was a long night. It was hard. Um, I was dancing in my boots for the first time and I got a lot of blisters. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was kind of the moment where it really hit me because I could um, take everything we'd been doing in the studio at the stadium and put it on the field. And that made it very real for me that I was actually here and really doing this um and 
leaving the, the state or the indoor practice facility that night. I just was full of so much gratitude. I got in my car and I just sat there for a couple of minutes before driving home to kind of take it all in that um, it's real. And I get to be, I get to be there late, you know, it's not, oh, I have to be here late. I, I get to, and I'm, I'm getting to experience all these things that I would have given anything for the last two years and um, just never really losing sight of that as we, as we go through the season. Oh, I feel you there, Mary Kate. And this coming weekend is your first ever game as a Denver Broncos cheerleader. And uh, as you're a teammate, uh, Bibi, who was on this uh, program last year, uh, told me, she said that it doesn't really completely seek in until that first game. Do you share that view? I think so. I, cause I, I still have days where I'm like, are we sure it's real? <laughs> no one's going to come tell me like, just kidding. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I imagine how much just being on the practice field, um, hit me that being on the actual empower field at mile high is gonna, um, really hit me, especially being with the cheerleaders instead of in my usual tunnel with the flag runners. I think that's going to be a very, a very big, moment and it's probably going to take everything in me not to just start bawling <laughs> <laughs> uh, i wouldn't blame you one bit if you started bawling it's only natural and uh as we meet today we're exactly three weeks away from the first nfl regular season sunday in 2023 and the big headline when it comes to the broncos is new head coach sean payton for whom they traded multiple draft picks to hire how hopeful are you about the Broncos this season and beyond with Sean Payton now calling the shots? Oh, so I'm confident. <laughs> <laughs> if you look at his track record, um, he took a Saints team that their their year right before he became the head coach, they were three and thirteen, and he took a three and thirteen team to the playoffs his first year as coach and to a Super Bowl. I believe the Saints' first Super Bowl just a few years later. Um, and I, I really feel confident that we have all the pieces as far as player talent that we need um, to have that same success story and all of his background in taking a team all the way um, in just a short amount of time, I think is going to translate to Denver. I, I have a lot of faith in him, a lot of confidence. Oh, absolutely. And uh, despite what the final scores have said, the first uh couple of preseason games and by the way as I say in preseason games everything matters except the final score uh you've seen the world of difference that Sean Payton has uh, brought to the Broncos and they definitely seem to be headed uh in the right direction when it comes to uh being a more uh competitive uh football team and she is Denver Broncos cheerleader rookie Mary Kate ladies and gentlemen follow her on Instagram at dbc underscore Mary Kate and Mary Kate uh, you mentioned uh dbc quarterback routines well now now you get to come up with some songs of various genres and artists for uh, quarterback routines. And uh, we start out with the best possible classic rock song that would make the best uh, quarterback routine. Okay. So this is already taken by Thunderstorm, our um, team that parachutes into the stadium, but Thunderstruck because we have our mascot Thunder and we have the Thunderstorm. And I think that that would be a really fun classic rock dance for us to do. 
Oh, that's a, that's a no brainer. That is like for any sporting event. Thunder oh, yeah. is a, an anthem, dare I say. And what about the best country song for the best DBC quarterback routine? And uh, keep in mind, I am a huge country music fan, as you know. I know you are, and I'm not. <laughs> that's <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> but I love, I love, love, love Carrie Underwood. So probably either Cowboy Casanova, I feel like that kind of fits our vibe, um, or Good Girl by Carrie Underwood. I think both of those would be really fun to do. Oh, you can't go wrong with Carrie Underwood. After all, she sings the uh, Sunday night on NBC uh, theme song. She's been doing it for several years, and uh, I don't see her ending anytime soon there. What about the best heavy metal song for a DBC routine? I don't think I know any heavy metal music. <laughs> What would that be like? Ozzy Osbourne? Is he metal? Uh, Ozzy Osbourne, probably, yeah. Maybe. Okay. I got. I don't know. I'm more on the classic rock side of things, so I think I'm gonna have to pass on the heavy metal because oh. I don't know. Oh, that's fair. What about the best '90s pop song for a DBC quarterback routine? Ooh. So I don't know if this is technically '90s or if it's early 2000s, but I feel like it's similar realm. But I feel like it would be fun to do like an outer space theme. And we could do um, the song Supernova Girl from uh, Xenon Girl of the 21st Century. Do you know what song I'm talking about? The zoom, 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 make my heart go boom, boom, my supernova girl. I feel like that'd be fun. Oh, well, yeah, absolutely. And after all, as uh, your uh, teammate uh, Chelsea said, every time you put on the chaps, you become superhero. So it's a definitely fitting theme for you guys. So super oh, yeah, girl, indeed. And uh she performed at Empower Field this past year, as in most other NFL stadiums as well. I'm obviously talking about Taylor Swift. What do you think is the best Taylor Swift song to make a DBC quarterback routine? Shake it off. Easy. Oh, yeah. Shake it off. That so, is a classic. So high energy, and we can shake our palms. Um, I would love that. I think that'd be such a fun one. I'm glad you mentioned palms. Because speaking of palms, we're going to play a little game and use our imaginations here. We're okay. going to imagine pom-poms as something else in various realms. And you're supposed to uh, tell me what's the first thing that comes to mind. If pom-poms were a musical instrument, what would they be? Maracas. Oh, maracas. Yeah. yeah they, I, uh, I, I kind of see, see, see them as a guitar. You could just hold it here and uh, do it there. <laughs> I, I thought a guitar, but maracas is a very, very good thing. Yeah. yeah especially with uh, the NFL and Hispanic Heritage Month coming up very soon. Very fitting. Maracas it is. If pom-poms were a household appliance, what would they be? Ooh, appliance. Um, either like a dishwasher or like a washing machine, because I know that mine, they shake and make like a rattling noise. <laughs> so <laughs> your palms shake and kind of rattle. So one of those. Oh, definitely. And I remember one of those uh, kids books I was reading when I was little. It's uh, when... Uh, uh, it was about Corduroy, the uh, teddy bear. He he goes to a laundromat and uh, and uh, as the clothes are swirling, an artist uh, scribbles uh, colors uh, because he's fascinated by the image of, of, of the swirling clothes of different colors in the uh, wash machine. The pop-pops give off a similar vibe too if you have to put them in the wash. So I definitely feel yeah. you there. Especially yeah. if you have different colored pom-poms. Definitely. Um, uh, speaking of colored pom-poms, you have like orange palms for certain games, blue palms for certain games. What do you think about orange or blue palms? I like them. I've never had orange before. I've been on a lot of teams. So my college, we had, um, we used silver mostly, even though our colors were red and blue. And then um, obviously on stars, we actually also used silver on stars, but occasionally green. 
Um, I danced in the national lacrosse league for the San Diego seals and we had purple. Um, so I've, I've never had orange or blue. Um, so it's really fun getting to have new colors this year. Um, and I just think it's so fun. Also having been on the orange rush now translating that into my orange palms, I think it's fun. Absolutely. What about orange and blue palms together? Like uh, half the palms orange, half the palm is blue. Ooh, like one side or like a mix of the two. Like a mix of the two. A mix of the two. I think that would look cool. I feel like junior DBC one year had something that kind of looked like that. I don't really remember when, but um, yeah, that could be fun. Like maybe like mostly orange and then like some like blue accents kind of sprinkled throughout. I think that could look really cool. Yeah, definitely a future uh, Denver Broncos cheerleader idea going forward. All right. If pom-poms were a vehicle, what would they be? They would be a Volkswagen Beetle, a slug bug, like the ones from the early 2000s. You know, they were cute and kind of round and colorful. Oh, absolutely. And pom-poms being roundish as well. Definitely see where you're coming from there. And yeah. last but not least, if pom-poms were a superpower, what would they do? They would be the power to make anybody feel cheerful and happy in any moment. That'd be a great superpower to be able to make somebody feel better and happier and more cheerful. And that is the superpower of cheerleaders like you, Mary-Kate, always making people happy, even uh, when the, the world and life seems at its very, very darkest. And that's why I appreciate you and your teammates uh, beyond words. And once again, she is Denver Broncos cheerleader, Mary-Kate, in her rookie season. Follow her on Instagram at DBC underscore Mary-Kate. And Mary-Kate, it has been such a good time having you with us today. I can't say that enough. But before we let you go, I want you to be a cheerleader for some of your teammates that have been on the show before you and use one word to describe them, starting with uh, your fellow teacher and first year team captain, Sophia. Sophia F. Yes. Uh, joyful. Yeah, she's joyful indeed. And uh, you uh, also know our good friend Shannon very well, who was on our program last year. What describes Shannon? Shannon is empathetic. Oh, that is a very powerful statement. Shannon, also a fellow teacher of yours. Like I said, Mary Kate's one of many teachers on this year's team. And uh, we have another teacher, uh, your, cap your line captain this season, and a third-year team captain, seventh-year team veteran, uh, true angel on earth, Chelsea. What word best describes Chelsea? And dare I say it's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I feel like all these words could go for everyone. Um, compassionate. Compassionate for Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea is extremely compassionate. I totally agree with you there. What about your teammate and uh, fellow uh, Dallas native, Bibi? Bibi, uh, authentic. Authentic. She's authentic indeed. And uh, she also is uh, very funny as well. Uh, she, made, she made me laugh uh, several times when she did the show uh, last year. And another uh, former Dallas native of yours, Lily, who was on our show earlier this year. Lily, genuine. Yeah, she is very, very genuine. And another first-year team captain who was on our program earlier this year, Ariana. Ariana, multi-talented. Oh, she absolutely is. She's an insurance agent by day. Uh, she teaches uh, multiple dance classes as well. And, uh, she, and she, she, she does it all. Plus a six-time college national dance champion. Uh, that's not a fluke, folks. Uh, Ariana just uh, does what she puts her mind to. And uh, that's all there is to it. And last but not least, 
uh, our most recent guest and uh, Sports Illustrated 2023 Swimsuit Model Search Finalist, Berkeley. Berkeley, uh, fearless. Oh, she's fearless indeed, and so are you, Mary-Kate. And once again, she is rookie Denver Broncos cheerleader, Mary-Kate. Follow her on Instagram at DBC underscore Mary-Kate. Mary-Kate, thank you so much for such a wonderful, unforgettable time uh, this afternoon. And that officially concludes our 2023 Beyond the Chap series. But we plan to do it again next year. And as always, a huge, huge, huge thank you to the director of the Denver Broncos cheerleaders, the GOAT of GOATs herself, Shauna Peters, for allowing us to do this. Next week, my right-hand man, Hal Bent, returns to preview week one of the 2023 NFL season, so stay tuned. Also, be sure to follow me on Twitter at dcrom 59 and on Instagram, TikTok, and now threads at SportsCrunch with Decrom. And remember, they have Sprunch with a K. Also, please do not forget to click the link in my Instagram bio to vote for uh, Mary Kate's teammate Berkeley in the uh, Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Model Search Competition from now through September 1st. You can vote daily, folks. Uh, so please get those votes in every day and help Berkeley out as much as you possibly can. For Mary Kate, this is David Cromwell saying so long and whatever you do, please choose love, please choose kindness, please choose compassion, please choose selflessness, and please choose empathy, which are the core characteristics of Mary Kate and the Denver Broncos cheerleaders and the best teammates and teams in any sport. Until next time, cats and kittens, stay cool.